Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady and I'm here with my co-host Lou Weiss, who's also president of All Metals and Forge Group. And if you're looking for industrial forgings or custom forge shapes, check out steelforge.com. Joining us every month is Norbert Orr, who is our senior correspondent for Global Surveys, where he checks the Purchasing Managers Index for major countries around the world. Norbert, thanks for joining us again from your location in West Virginia at the moment. Uh, thank you, it's always good to be with you and uh, we're having a really great day here in, uh, in West Virginia. What does it take to make a great day in West Virginia? Hey, uh, it, 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 it's uh, a, a good opportunity to, to see what uh, the real world's all about. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. You're here, welcome aboard. Thank you. So, so Norbert, we, we had I were looking at your scatter plot, which we've looked at every month and we've uh, waited uh, anxiously but it looks like the flock of starlings are leaving town. Uh, you, uh, your analogy to a, a flock of birds uh, is a good one in my opinion, because you can tell which way the flock is going based on what the scatter plot does. Uh, for those who haven't seen the, the actual uh, 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 chart itself, uh, basically, if uh, a PMI, uh, if one of the 18 that we follow closely is above 50, it, then it's either going to be showing as above 50 and strengthening uh, or weakening, or it could be the same, uh, unchanged for that. So it shows which way the, the flock of geese are, are moving, and certainly uh, in this four quadrant analysis, things have moved to very definitely. Still, we see things expanding, but we also see that they're weakening as, uh, in their intensity as they expand. And so uh, it's a real good indicator. Uh, I think back in May, we said uh, long before others were saying that we were peaked, we said based on this data, we saw a shift in the, in the direction and uh, we, uh, we hit the peak for this particular cycle for manufacturing. So Norbert, what's causing the shift? Why are things expanding but weakening? Uh, well, the, the easy answer is because that's what it's supposed to do. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the difficult answer is uh, we have all these different uh, countries globally. Some are expanding more rapidly than others. Right now, the Eurozone eight countries led by Germany are, are quite strong and uh, look to continue to be that way. And so that all of their indexes are above 55 predominantly and uh, they will continue to strengthen. 
the U.S. has strong readings uh, in many of the surveys, uh, uh, the ISM surveys and other surveys to do that. Then the uh, uh, Asia is one that is showing up more, uh, not, not so much weakness as just uh, lack of strong growth. There is a little bit of growth, uh, depending on the countries, Japan, South Korea, uh, in particular, uh, are, uh, are, are doing just fine. But it's not anywhere near the kind of growth that we're seeing in the Eurozone and the USA. What I find uh, interesting in uh, this particular report, aside from the fact that the, the flock is heading, you know, that way, meaning they are beginning to con consolidate, not expanding as much as they were. There are two countries, however, that are truly uh, in, uh, compacting uh, and weakening, and that's uh, Mexico and uh, China. So aside from Mexico, which we don't really know a lot about other than half the population is sitting on the border. Um, the point that I'm bringing up China is that, you know, it's conceivable, conceivable that the, the downturn and compacting of what's going on in China is, is going to have a significant impact on the global economy in that, um, as you know, there's a, there are problems with shipping, uh, containers and ships. Uh, they, they don't have any ships going back to China. They empty here, they're supposed to go back. So there's not a whole lot of business coming back from China in terms of product. Uh, this could only add to the apparent program that China is on is that they, I think that they would like to be able to do less and less business with the United States, build their Silk Road, and create their own uh, market on the European, Asian uh, part of the world. Uh, and they'll take the hit for now, but we could find ourselves in a difficult situation. There's certain products that we, we can only get uh, from China. Any thoughts on that, uh, Norbert? Yeah, I think that's a, a really good uh, area to, to, to try to understand a little bit better from that. Uh, as I have said in the past in uh, our, our conversations, the, the most important things from a, a purchasing manager's or a supply chain manager standpoint, the, the, the most important thing is continuity of supply. And then you go to quality and then you go to price. And I think we're at the point where both the US and China have proven to each other that they're not credible sources of, of continuous supply. Right. Right. And, I agree. Right. I agree. Uh, and so that's what we're seeing now is China saying, hey, uh, we, we thought it was a great idea to do more business with the U.S. and we took advantage of them as long as they were stupid enough to allow us to do it. 
now they're saying, okay, we've, we're standing on our own two feet. We've got the, uh, the know-how to produce uh, a lot of products globally. Uh, we've got the politics that we're, we're outpacing the uh, U.S. and Europe in terms of the political battle that has to be fought with, to, with all of this. And uh, so we're, we're ready to go and we're benefiting from it. The U.S. is sit, sitting and saying, okay, uh, we've got to bring more manufacturing back to the U.S. Well, that's easy said and hard to do. Uh, you have capital investment in place that you just can't walk away from necessarily. Uh, you have uh, legal, uh, the legalities that we have to deal with in terms of uh, patents, uh, et cetera. Uh, so we really, uh, uh, we're getting along with China uh, uh, about like, it's, it's kind of like a, a a slow waiter and a poor tipper. <laughs> and we are this, uh, we, we just keep reversing roles with China as to wh whether we're leading in that effort or they're leading in that effort. So we've proven to each other that we're not really good suppliers. And so the natural tendency is if it's not really good business that you eventually replace those suppliers and put it in a location where it is good business. Well, that's uh, one of the reasons why uh, China is rebuilding the uh, uh, ancient Silk Road. Um, and number two, the fact that they're so heavily involved in uh, financially involved in Africa. So, you know, they are and we're being excluded from all of this by our own design, by our own design, we've allowed this, we allow this to continue. We've done nothing about it to be in the world club in terms of what's going on financially and manufacturing wise on a global basis. Well, it's, it's a whole lot easier with their political system to- sure establish a direction and maintain that direction or change direction. Our political system uh, uh, is chaos personified, at least right now. Norbert, one of the things that I've been watching, and I'm, I'm hearing rumblings of people who are beginning to be on the page that I'm on, and that's inflation, being not only here to stay, but a future serious problem for the economy. Uh, in the survey and the people you talk to, is there concern over the current rate of inflation? Uh, yes, very definitely. Uh, you know, uh, the Fed pro promised everyone that this was a transitory inflationary period and we would get through it and it wouldn't, wouldn't be a problem. Uh, you'll remember our discussion several months ago. Uh, you know, my my concern about uh, inflation is when it gets into to to wages uh, because it's hard to get it back out. Because uh, uh, you know, 
in the 70s and 80s and 90s, we had periods of time where uh, the unions would negotiate cost of living raises and, uh, and ideally from their standpoint, if they wound up with uh, raises that were contractually included. In other words, we get 3% this year, 3% next year, 3% the year after that, or 5% or whatever the number is. But what it does is guarantee them increases not tied to productivity. It doesn't say if the union will do this and this, then we'll uh, give, give out pay increases. And, and so it throws the whole system uh, out of whack in terms of compensation. And that, that scares me. And then the, the other thing that we, we have to look at is employment. Uh, it's amazing. There are so many good jobs uh, uh, available. Uh, and this week I, uh, I drove from Atlanta through uh, Tennessee into uh, uh, Kentucky and then West Virginia. All I saw was help wanted signs from the tractor trailers that were on the highway uh, to uh, every uh, food stop along the way and gas stop, people uh, had signs out looking for uh, employees because they can't find people to work. Well, there's people out there, it's just they're choosing not to work because the government has given them a better deal in their mind than what they were getting from working. So they're just saying, I'm gonna enjoy this while I can I don't have to work for this period of time. I'm staying away from it. So uh, when we have an uh, employment situation like this, uh, it, it, in many cases, the people that are going back to work, uh, if they were at $11 an hour and they're going back to work at 15, if they're not adding additional productivity, then those are additional costs that are inflationary. Excuse me, uh, Norbert, uh, I realize you're, you're working from a uh, different location than normal, but your, your hand is waving in front of the camera and we <laughs> want to see, everybody wants to see who they're talking to. Thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Norbert, I think I have read recently where wage growth in 2021 has been about 5%. Inflation so far this year is 5.4%. So wages are not keeping up with inflation. And if this continues, uh, even going back to work becomes unappealing because we all see price rises pretty significantly in housing, automobiles, food, uh, you know, everything that we need. Um, it's a concern that uh, I think is here to stay. And in fact, uh, could put the economy on a precipice. And not a good. Yeah, and uh, the, the thing is, Tim, uh, you know, the, the government makes the rules on how we play this game. And the first thing they do is they say, okay, we don't include food or energy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to keep the inflation, if you want to keep the inflation rate artificially low, uh, the best way to do it is don't include food or energy because those are the two most volatile things 
that they have to deal with. Yes, and the other issue they've got is they have a, an extraordinarily low Fed funds rate. If they raise the interest rate, they raise it against themselves and servicing the national debt becomes almost uh, unachievable. If they raised it a point and a half, they'll look at an additional expense in the national debt of uh, over a trillion dollars. So makes no difference. Makes no difference. The debt's never going to be paid off. But that'll be written on my tombstone. That'll be yeah. written on my tombstone. <laughs> and and Lou, uh, uh, you said it never will be paid off. You're probably right. But I, I would uh, qualify that by, by saying that the only way it has ever been paid off is through inflation. So be it. Yeah, that uh, is an interesting conundrum. So where to from here, Norbert? Are we beginning to see an economy that's just softening and may come in uh, Q3, Q4 at 3% GDP, or are we looking at something more tenuous? Uh, the, the exact numbers are kind of hard to, to get at in doing that, but philosophically, uh, we're, we're talking more about adding to our debt than we are dealing with our debt. And uh, Congress historically just doesn't have any uh, uh, the, the nerve that it takes to be able to, uh, uh, to, to, to improve or, or reduce the national debt. They get no glory for doing that. They don't get uh, uh, you know, any of the constituencies that are, that are happy about that. Uh, and we've got so many issues right now that are, you know, uh, historically you could go back and say, what are the three, top three issues of that time of that period of time, you know, was it inflation? Was it immigration? You know, what, what were the top three? Uh, the problem we have right now is the top three are probably the top thirteen. <laughs> and we've just got so many issues going in the wrong direction right now that uh, I don't think we we uh, uh, we're going to do battle well with any of them. He's a man after my own heart. <laughs> well, that could well be, and it uh, will be interesting to see because everybody's predicted that 2021 will finish strong. We'll probably do three point something for the year. I think we'll actually do a little better than that for uh, GDP growth. I'm completely unsure about 2022. As well, you should be. <laughs> because there, there are a lot of uh, people who uh, are so-called economists and uh, uh, your opinion is uh, equally as valuable as theirs uh, and we're, we're not going to find our way out of this very easily. Uh, I think you're going to see a softening in the fourth quarter that'll show up when we see the, what's going on in the first quarter. Yeah, I don't think we're headed for recession in 2022, just not strong GDP growth. 
Right. And nothing that sets the stage for beyond 2022. Uh, the, the people that we have that are making many of these decisions just really don't have a clue other than they want what they want. Yeah, that, that won't play out well for we, the people. Right. So, so Norbert, sum it up for us as we uh, approach the end of this particular episode. Well, again, I think the big issue is the, the number of critical issues that we have to deal with. And whether it's uh, inflation, whether it's uh, uh, the employment picture, whether it's uh, trade, uh, whether it's logistics. Uh, I talked to uh, one of, uh, a friend of mine yesterday uh, that uh, said that uh, they, they have connections to people who do business with uh, Europe and said just not going to get the growth in, uh, in Europe uh, consistently going forward. The United States is going to struggle the same way. Uh, Asia has got to come back. Uh, Korea, uh, you know, Taiwan seems to be holding its own. All the others uh, are marginal at best in what they're doing. And politically, we're weakened with, uh, we're, we're weakened politically uh, with the, the uh, aggressive nature of the Chinese are in right now, uh, wanting to test this administration to see if they've got guts enough to uh, uh, deal with the, 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 the uh, aggression that we see whether it's aggression in trade or aggression militarily, uh, whatever. So uh, it's it's only going to get tougher. Uh, I think uh, uh, the challenge is going to be huge uh, for uh, uh, the American business because they're going to have to do things in spite of what the government is able to uh, to accomplish if they can accomplish anything. Lou, what's your sense of it going forward? Uh, it depends on how much time you have left. <laughs> <laughs> it could be great. It could be bad. You know, I, I find this topic, and I guess that's why we do uh, the things that we do, uh, Tim, with the, 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 the podcast and the video podcast and so on. I find it extremely uh, interesting. Um, and, and what I also find interesting is that um, in talking to people like Norbert and ourselves and others, that there's a lot smarter people out there uh, than the ones that we got in the front office. Because yeah. there are ways to think about and see and uh, collaborate for perhaps solutions that the voted population doesn't know what they're doing. I, I would agree. I, I call them our elected misrepresentatives. Uh, so. That's a good name. That's a good name. <laughs> so I, you know, I agree. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, they're, they're more pundits and politicians than they are professional performers and will uh, have to look to the private sector uh, for 
a lot of these solutions. And Norbert, we appreciate your insights into what's happening to economies around the world because that kind of tells us who the leaders are. And in manufacturing, we know, leads the economy, either in or out. So we look forward to your report next month and see if we can encourage the Starlings to go back over to expanding and strengthening. Let, let's yep. hope. Uh, let's hope that's the outcome though, that we uh, that we wind up with. Okay, Norbert, you have a good month, healthy month, uh, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you uh, in a month and see where September's going to wind up in terms of the final numbers. So, thank we you very much for joining us. Very good. Glad to be with you. Bye bye. And that's here this episode of. Manufacturing Talk Radio. We encourage all of our viewers and listeners to go to jacketmediaco.com where you can see the Wham podcast, Azure Girls, Cliff Notes with Cliff Waldman and Manufacturing Partnerships Making Waves. Always new episodes going up every day at that particular website, jacketmediaco.com. And thank you for joining us on this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.